It has been written since the beginning of time, even unto these ancient stones, that evil supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness. And it is also said, man using the magic power of the ancient runic symbols can call forth these powers of darkness, the demons of hell. Through the ages, men have feared and worshipped these creatures. The practice of witchcraft, the cults of evil have endured and exist to this day. It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about the video nasties and censored cinema. My name is Ashley McNasty, here with my lovely co-host, Elmo415, and welcome back to Demon Palooza, part three. It's amazing, yes, it is the, it, it, once again, it's the biggest night, uh, it, it's the demon's biggest night uh, for the third time, again. Um, I really have nothing else planned for this intro, so let's just fucking get into it. This is Night of the Demon, 1957. Yes, we've we've done a Sasquatch, we've done ha- haunted houses, and now we're getting into satanic cults with Night of the Demon from the year 1957. And so this one's, I guess, I think this is going to probably be the oldest film we're going to do for this, at least uh, as far as I know, because I know we have, there's actually one, an old film that made the video nasties, actually, because this one did not. Uh, this just happens to also share the name Night of the Demon with other movies, so we're, fuck it, we're gonna do it. Yeah, and uh, we wanted to do something special for Halloween, and yeah, uh, Ashley McNasty came up with the idea that there was uh, three movies with the same name, why not do all three of them? Yeah, it's right, I think this will actually be our Halloween episode, or it yeah. should drop the week of Halloween, so yeah, I mean, if, if I'm on my shit editing this right... <laughs> So, yeah, like, I think, was it Blood Feast? Yeah, that's from, like, 62, and that's actually on the list. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, never mind, fuck it, 57. So we're going we're going old school with this. Yeah, we're going to go down to the uh, speakeasy with a flapper girl, see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, 25 years after Prohibition ended, <laughs> and no one talks like this anymore, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. This dialect is sleeping with efficiency. <laughs> No, no, we need to be more doing, like, a greaser thing, going to the sock hop and getting malt shop shit. You know, um, I don't know. Hand, fuck this bit. (laughs) No, because we're going to Great Britain for this one. This is a British film, although it stars an American lead actor. Yeah, and wasn't there a comment about this movie being too British? Oh, yeah, there actually actually was. I think it was one of the... um, I think it was one of the producers on the film uh, commented uh, on the original screenplay that was too British. Too British. Obviously not a Monty Python fan. <laughs> no, right. He, he would have hated them. Yeah. <laughs> but in broad strokes, what this film is about, it's never explicitly stated, but 
in anything I've read about this, but at least by given the year it was released and some other figures who kind of like appear in the themes of the film, I can kind of tell, oh, this is definitely has some inspiration from A, Aleister Crowley, who I think uh, died in 1947, so 10 years prior, and was kind of loomed pretty big in the imagination, particularly in the British imagination, as, you know, he was British himself. And, you know, like, became, you know, one of the most, you know, influential, I think actually one of the most influential British people of all time, in that, like, he basically repopularized, um, or just popularized the idea of, like, New Age occultism. And yeah. having that be a worldwide phenomenon is largely thanks to him. And then also, um, Gerald Gardner, who uh, I believe in the mid-50s is the inventor and creator of Wicca. Or, you know, and really kick-started the modern witchcraft movement. So this uh, movie is actually based off of a story uh, called Casting of the Runes. And so I think it's like, with the elements from the story, and kind of with these two figures in mind, it made for this perfect... Uh, idea for like, yeah, we're gonna do like a British demon supernatural film. Yeah, and I want to say that I was very pleasantly surprised from this film because I don't really watch as many 50s or 1940s horror as I used to when I was a lot younger because usually it's like they're kind of cheesy, the effects don't hold up, but this one I was pleasantly surprised with just about damn near everything about this movie. I... I was honestly going into this kind of expecting to not enjoy it at all. I was very pleasantly surprised. Now, I guess for me, I'd always heard about the reputation of this movie and how it's like, oh, this is actually considered like you know, a classic horror film. I mean, not on the level of like the universal horror films from the 1930s, but like, okay, it's still, it's well respected. You know, there's a lot of directors out there who will sing the praises of this one. And uh, yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised also because especially, I think you kind of note on this, it's when you're watching certain older horror films, particularly from the 50s and definitely into the 60s, it's like it was really bad with sci-fi films at the time. time oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, here's what it's going to be. A bunch of scientists going to room, talking with each other. And this is going to occupy at least an hour of this hour and a half film, uh, if not an hour and 20. And then interspersed in between will be vague suggestions of an alien or a monster or something. And then maybe you'll get some like shitty rubber suit. And it's like, okay, can you just like have some rubber suit action and just like not this shitty like guys talking all the time and just nothing fucking happening guess what that's not this fucking movie uh, you can't forget with the old sci-fi movies the uh ufos that are clearly like plates out of the cupboard well, that's the well that's the ed wood ones where it's like that, that that's something special it's like the other ones were like you know he he proudly stated that yeah we made the um the ufos out of pipe pie plates you know it's like but, but keep in mind you know ed wood was someone who was working well outside of ho the Hollywood system, and he he was you know, like he was on the fringes of the fringes. Oh yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think, honestly like Ed Wood stuff is like so much more entertaining than like it came from outer space, which was like that's considered like a classic. I I, I watched that a uh, couple years back, and it was like, when is something gonna fucking happen with this movie? And I don't know why I watched the whole thing. I figure it was like. Fuck it. I'm in this far. Might as well fucking finish. This is... Because this is, like, awful. Yeah. Yeah. This movie in particular, 
I feel like it really gets into things uh, very quickly and is very well paced and keeps your attention. Like when I watch this movie, like even like the intro monologue, um, you know, that they have at the beginning. Oh yeah! It was like it's very engaging. You know, the characters are engaging, and uh, yeah, I guess let's just start talking about yeah. what happens in this film. Well, I think it's good with the intro monologue too, because it's now it's quite interesting too. This film actually shoots a lot of things on site. They, I mean, there are some sets used, and there's, you know, some rear projection used occasionally. But, uh, for, like, the most part, though, there's, like, a lot of impressive places. Like, Car- like uh, yeah, Carswell, who's, like, the leader of this cult. Um, like, his house is, like, it actually is a real British manor. And it's like, oh, so they actually filmed there. And it's like, they shoot inside of uh, the reading room at the British Library. It's, like, it's very impressive. And they shoot at Stonehenge. Like and that's that actually is I had to look it up because like my girlfriend was convinced it was a a model and it was fake but I was like okay well let me look this up it's like no that's Stonehenge they shot at fucking Stonehenge like I agree it does look a little bit weird the way that cam the camera angle and something skews it so it does look a little funny but it's like well everything I've said says that this is the real spot so <laughs> yeah I mean the the set locations are great um the the characters are very engaging too. Like you know, some there's just everyone, every character in this movie. I wanted to know more about. I liked hearing them talk, which is sometimes in older movies, it's like you, it can be harder for me to find like relatable or entertaining characters because it's so um, so far away from you know how I grew up. But like this is just yeah, yeah, and very the, engaging truly, characters. And like the the way that older films are shot can be. A little, it can be jarring for modern audiences oh, just definitely. because, like, <laughs> the, like the pacing in older films tends to just be a lot different than the pacing in modern films. You know, it's like it can take a while for them to get going, or the pacing is just kind of slow throughout. This one, luckily, actually keeps on a nice clip. I think we mentioned that before, but yeah, greatly paced. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. So to begin with, it actually kind of starts off with you know, bit of you know they establish some stakes and some tension. We have a. Uh, who was it? Not Dr. Holden, because um, he's our main guy, but um, who was he? I'm going to look this up right now. What's his name? God damn. Professor Harrington. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, it comes to uh, Dr. Julian Carswell, uh, who is, you know, the leader of this alleged cult. We, we never see the cult. We never alleged. Really see, yeah, we never really see what they're about. But he comes to him quite frightened, quite panicked. He needs to know, like, hey, listen, like, please, stop this. Stop this. Call it off. I, I believe you. I'll end my investigation. They never really says what exactly is going on, but it's clear that this, this guy's pretty distressed. And it's like, hey, I'll go to the presses and say that it's wrong. You know, it's like, like, no, no, there's no need for any of that. You know, it's like, well, you know, and kind of uh, says, do you have the, the slip of paper I gave you? It's like, no, it burned up. It's like, oh, oh, my, well. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll see what I can do. It's like, thank you, thank you so much. But it's kind of clear that no, he's not gonna see what he can do. This guy is like, this guy is the the deal is sealed. You know, this he's probably a goner. We don't know what, we don't know why, we don't know how, but things do not bode well for this guy. Yeah, and uh, Doctor Coswell, he really has like a great villain beard. Like in my notes, I was like, this is like a great epic 
bad guy beard. Oh yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of drip. I gotta say, no, he's it's, got it's, some drip to him. No, it's perfect because it's like it's kind of like a chin strap goatee, except it doesn't connect up to the sideburns, and there's no mustache. But it's like, oh yeah, no, 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 it, it's kind of working. And you know who totally reminds me of? Um, he kind of actually looks like a classic devil, like you know the you know like the old like the red guy with a pitchfork with like the yeah, pointy right. chin. He actually kind of they, and I'm sure this was on purpose, like. The bad guy actually kind of looks like Satan a little bit. Yeah, you know? right. So yeah. So actually, and also I've noticed he bears a striking resemblance to Michael Ironside, who you know he was the villain in Scanners. Um. So yeah, look up Niall McGuinness who played Carswell, and then look up Michael Ironside, and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> because like, it's like, oh, he's just fat Michael Ironside. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, he probably gives the best performance in the whole movie too. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. I I love his character. I could just like sit there and just like listen to him talk. You know. Yeah. Some people are just like that. Like if he was sitting at a table, I would just like listen to him talk for yeah. a couple hours. Yeah, this dude can give a very engaging monologue. He's he's yeah he's a very engaging character. And then um, yeah, so, we got the yeah, guy. So, so then he yeah he leaves. He uh you know so very panicked. He you know finally arrives home, but then you know he pulls into his garage, but then. Off in the distance, he sees something. It's just like this terrible, you know, like foggy specter approaches, and this is like legitly good special effects. Um, yeah, I like, was surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, it's like it's like a, a really good. Well, I think it might be stop motion, but it doesn't look cheesy at all. Uh, this like horrible flaming demon, uh, kind of like slowly marching towards this guy. Um, yeah, and there's this, like, creepy cranking sound. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Really unnerving sounds, and the demon is actually pretty scary-looking. You know, I was not expecting... Like, going into this, you know, it's like, as, as I said before, I don't watch a lot of ol older horror movies, because it's like, I you know, growing up, it was like, I, I saw, like, Gremlins and, you know, Jurassic Park at, like, the beginning of, like, you know, really good special effects, you know, Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so that kind of established your baseline for My expectations, yeah. yeah. for, like, expectations in a film. It's like, I get it. At first I was about to say, like, yeah, the only older horror films I've watched were, like, Gremlins and Jurassic Park, you know, real old films. No, but but I'm saying, like, when I was, <laughs> I, I like, know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of more referring to me as a little kid, you know, as kind of used to that level of special effects. Oh, jeez. I don't think any film ever got made before the 80s. It's just like it said, no, it's like people even made films before 81. <laughs> when I was little, I deadass asked my aunt, like, what, what VHSs she used to watch growing up. And she's like, uh, there was no such thing as, like, a VHS. And it's like, you just had to, like, watch what was ever at the theaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then TV later. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so... So let's see. So eventually, yeah, we keep we keep sidebarring, but whatever. <laughs> so you know, frightened, the doctor gets back into his car. He crashes into a power line and maybe gets electrocuted to death, or maybe gets mauled to death by this demon. Who's to say? But either way, he's stone dead. Yeah, I mean, one person could have a theory on this film that, like, the demon is, like, the hallucination that people see before they die, right? And actually, I guess that was actually a uh, a, bit, a point of contention in the film uh, between the producer of the film, who wanted to show the demon, 
and between the writer, director, and lead star who none of them wanted to show the demon in the film. And they wanted to be much more of an ambiguous uh, kind of threat. Where it's like, maybe there is something, but maybe it's just their imagination. I would have been so mad if there was no demon because, like, I'm watching a movie called Night of the Demon and I want a fucking demon. Like, I would have been so mad. I'm so glad they went with the choice that they went with. No, I mean, to be fair... I think that's, this is one of the elements of the film that really makes it, I think particularly for modern audiences, in that it's like, oh, there's this crazy effect. It only shows up twice in the film, once at the beginning and once at the end. They don't overuse it. And when they do use it, it looks really fucking good. It's like, oh, man, this is like, oh, like state-of-the-art special effects, you know, for 1957 that actually held up and stood the test of time. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine, like, being back then, like, with all the, with what your options were, like, this movie must, that demon must have scared a lot of people. I mean, it got really good reviews, too, when it came out. Oh, so. yeah, no, I, I hope it would. I mean, it's like, yeah, the demon actually is kind of scary. And you're like, it's, yeah, it, like, it doesn't come off, like, cheap or cheesy or, you know, comical at all. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, now we cut over to our protagonist. One Mr. Dr. Holden, the famous parapsychologist who's so famous, we are introduced to him, uh, to his face on the front page of a newspaper announcing his flight to London for a psychology conference because, you know, as we all know, like, not just a trade journal, an actual newspaper, and he's trying to sleep with it over his face to block out the light of the uh, woman behind him who refuses to turn her light off uh, on a uh, transatlantic flight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I feel like that that particular scene is still relatable today. Like, airplanes aren't really that much more comfortable than they used to be. <laughs> airplanes do be sucking. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that was a very relatable scene. I was like, oh yeah, this is why I like driving way more than yeah. flying. <laughs> and he keeps having to like move his seat up as she's trying to get up and move his seat back down and he keeps getting bumped and it's like, ah, this stupid broad, she won't let me sleep. Stewardess, can I switch? You know, is it possible that any, you know, like, do you have a sleep mask for me? It's like, oh, not really. Like, And then I love this. This is such a fucking great line. She, the, the flight attendant offers him a pill. It's like, I can give you a pill. Like, oh no, I'm trying to cut down. It's like, my man's fucking popping pills. I'm trying to cut down. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to cut down. It's like, okay, no, this is the 50s. Everyone's just fucking popping pills. Right? Yeah, it was pretty, like, normal to, like, take, like, opiates and speed pills back then. It wasn't like, it wasn't like people wouldn't call you a drug addict for, like, taking a bunch of, like, amphetamines back you're not, then. You're, you're not a drug addict. These are prescribed. And so, I also, I love this, too. Um, for all the amazing film sets that I, uh, talked, that I talked about that weren't actually the actual locations, non-film sets, uh, we get into the airport and it is very clearly a rear projection um, screen. <laughs> it's like, they just have a phone booth set up and there's rear projection of footage of an airport. It's like, okay, yeah, it's like, it's like, no, airports, British, yeah. The British Library? Oh, absolutely. Easy. We'll go in there, shoot up. Airports? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's an exotic spot. No, no can do. Well, maybe they just couldn't find an airport that would let them film there. I mean, stuff like that happens. I mean, it's possible, but it keeps making me think back to the Dr. No, the first James Bond movie, and how, uh, like, there's a scene in it where, like, he's getting out, you know, or Sean Connery's getting out of the uh, airplane, he, you know, 
he'd just flown into Jamaica where the film set and you know, he's he's getting out and like he's just walking through the airport and they have the Bond theme fucking blaring as he's walking through the airport like da na 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 and just like oh that's because airports were like exotic special places that like it was like oh flying is an occasion it's just not not everyone gets to do this oh wow I've never seen an airport before oh my god he's so cool walking through an airport and it's like I think that's the vibe it's like whoa 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 yeah it's like this is an airport buddy <laughs> Yeah, too rich for our blood here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um Yeah, so then it was it then he ends up meeting with um I guess he's the most famous ghost psychologist in the world. Um because he's immediately approached by a bunch of reporters asking him his opinions on things. And it's like, "Okay, wow, they're really into fucking ghosts in Britain here." <laughs> they're just like can you tell me about some ghosts you know yeah it's like like well what do you think i have people who do believe it are they insane are they figures are they it's like well i don't know i think that i do think they believe it i just think they're wrong you know it's just <laughs> yeah. like yeah which also um from the get-go i think this is a very unlikable like dr holden is an incredibly unlikable protagonist because our in short the protagonist of this film is a like 2014 reddit atheist dude <laughs> Yeah, it's he like went he, on to uh, he went on to uh, become TJ Kirk and started the Amazing Atheist Channel and teamed up with Armored Skeptic. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, for real. It's like no, he ha- he completely has the like all of those vibes of just like yeah. I'm gonna condescend to anyone who doesn't believe what I believe and just like and just like no, all this is fiction. I'm just going to completely stick to my incredibly dogmatic beliefs about this in spite of the clear supernatural phenomenon in front of my face. <laughs> Ghosts are for SJWs. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's ruining psychology? Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> all these women coming in trying to ruin psychology for the fellas. <laughs> Saying a psychology is biased. No, psychology is amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing right now. <laughs> Pretty soon they're gonna be asking us like, oh, oh, they're gonna be trying to like tell us what's on TV next. <laughs> because nobody can predict that. No, exactly. Oh, jeez, saying the uh, Colgate Comedy Hour is sexist. <laughs> uh, so was it? Um, so then, um, uh, my man gets back to his hotel room, uh, his lavish hotel room, which he's greeted by several of his colleagues. Um, one is an Irish stereotype, and then <laughs> one's like one's incredibly British, one's incredibly Irish, and then the other is a guy in brown face um, named called Doctor Kumar. Which, at least as far as brown face portrayals go, um, with white people playing minorities. It's not the worst at the same time. It's like, it's not wildly racist. It's not like breakfast at Tiffany's Mickey Rooney style bad. It's also still just a dude in brown face though. It's like, it's not even, um, it's not even Apu bad. It's like, okay, it's much more respectful than like Apu. That being said, it's, yeah, it's still a fucking dude in brown face. It's just like, yeah. okay, it's like, this is cringe. <laughs> yeah, you can't really like 
co-sign that in this era you no know. <laughs> i mean i wouldn't co-sign it back then it's like why can't you just like really there's no indian dudes working out here you can get for what is on all honesty a bit role he has like three lines in the whole fucking movie <laughs> it's like really you couldn't just gotten a guy yeah oh they're british they uh <laughs> yeah oh they're british they only have tons of people from their former colonies that immigrate actually from their th- no, that, that, that was a former colony at that point. Like, who definitely didn't emigrate to the, you know, to Britain looking for work. Nope, that definitely didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then eventually, um, uh, yeah, I was at Dr. Carswell calls Dr. Holden in the hotel room to intimidate him. By the way, don't look into what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I don't know why that was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, don't go investigating me like your last colleague. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you won't have good results. And it's like, you know, you should just, like, shut the fuck up if you don't want people investigating you. It's like, like no, 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 I'm trying to kill as many ghost psychologists as I can. <laughs> so... So then, um, was it Dr. Holden, he goes to the British Library, which, like, okay, really good opening shot, but they actually did shoot it in the Briti- the reading room in the British Library, this amazingly you know, well-stylized, you know, great round room with all these, you know, concentric, uh, or these, you know, with all these um, kind of rounded tables that kind of form these concentric circles throughout it. It's like, you know, this is, it's a historic place. It's where Karl Marx wrote Das Kapital. It's like, oh, wow, they really made good use of it. Um so Dr. Holden's there. He's trying to figure out, like, find some old book about demonology or demons or something like that. Uh, just because, like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we're trying to hunt up this, you know, we're trying to pursue our leads on my dead colleague and this Dr. Carswell. When who does he meet but Carswell himself? And he tells him, like, hey, you know this book the British Library doesn't have? Um, I got it in my own personal library. <laughs> yeah. By the way, here's a card that has, like, a mysteriously written note on it um that i think it makes re- i forget exactly what's on it because it flashes by the screen relatively quickly but i think it has like a somewhat mocking reference to the fact that you know his friend has just died but then as soon as he looks back at it it's gone and no one else knows what's happened to it he yeah, takes spooky it, yeah he's able to take it to a lab and have it immediately tested for any sort of residue and anything and you know it comes back negative. There's nothing on it, Dr. Helden. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so then uh, after... Uh, so then uh, he can't figure out what's going on with this. Um, and then he... Yeah, he's just in, still an incredibly stubborn Reddit atheist. And just has to take to this lab. Test it. Test it again. Like, uh, are we ready later this night? Yeah, we'll do it. And it's like... Like, no, it didn't... There was no penetration at all. It's like invisible inks or anything would have showed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually, he ends up um, meeting. Was it Joanna? The uh, was it she? She was the niece of uh, the uh, dead I, colleague. I think I it think. was a daughter. Daughter, yeah, the daughter or the niece, whoever. She's um, the somewhat bland, the underwritten woman love interest. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, they don't really develop her character a lot. Well, no, actually, there is. There actually was. She kind of represents a stock character. That was in usage, uh, I think, a lot in the 50s, simply just called The Girl. The Girl. Yeah, yeah. no, and it literally was like, yeah, The Girl. And usually just be, you know, kind of conventionally attractive, um, but not slutty, uh, you know, kind of woman, you know, age-appropriate woman for whoever it is, you know, maybe in her late 20s, early 30s. And just, you know, she just needs to be kind of 
vaguely charming and attractive, and there's no personality characteristics whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so that's her. <laughs> I guess her personality characteristic is she's willing to be a little less skeptical than, um, or does go down some less credible roads than our incredibly stubborn Reddit atheist uh, main character is. It's like, well, we'll at least consider this. It's like, it's like, no, absolutely not. It's hokum. Yeah. So they end up going to Carswell's estate, meeting with him, and uh, you know, trying to you know take a look at this old uh, tome of uh, supposed spells and demonology. And so he, and while they're there, uh, Carswell, you know, apparently casts a spell that causes a great windstorm to arise all of a sudden. You know, and as soon as he says it, it happens. And, of course, our man's like, no, no, it just must have been, you know, it's what we, what we like to call coincidence, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's kind of, I, I'm kind of, like, rooting for the bad guy in this one, because, honestly, our protagonist just seems like kind of a D-bag. Oh, no, like, for real. He's, like, he's kind of rude, just kind of, like, just talks down to everybody. He's a rude, condescending dick. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you know why I hate him so much? Because I used to be a Reddit atheist. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like... Su I w Luckily, I didn't get super hardcore into like Islamophobia or anything like that. Because let's be honest, most of those guys ended up going down that path. It's like Reddit atheists, they end up in one of two, one of two places, all right? They either ended up like... Like if you got out of it positively, you became a trans socialist. <laughs> and if you got out of it negatively, you just became a literal fascist yeah <laughs> so yeah you like oh wow you're chatting up with uh wow gavin mcginnis and uh oh shit and uh talking with sam harris a lot and it's like somehow justifying like uh oh yeah no this is why we should uh be invading muslim countries because they're so backwards it's like oh oh wow you guys are great people fucking like just <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Although, you know who I would say you should follow? Follow um, Richard Dawkins on Twitter because, uh, no, I mean, he's a shithead, but but he occasionally comes out with accidental bangers, and it, it's kind of incredible. So, let's see. Um, so, after this part, now, this is the part, the film, I have a hard time, like, this is a very enjoyable film, but I have a hard time keeping track of specifically the order of certain scenes because in some manner, they don't really matter. <laughs> it's like, okay, he goes to place, gets skeptical about something that is a clear clue to what's happening, goes to next location, has you know, gets skeptical about shit that's clearly supernatural, and then, you know, we kind of do this a little bit. So if I'm screwing up the order of things, you know, don't fucking get mad at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got the um, in yeah. my notes let's talk about the uh the cherry ripe song you remember that oh yeah so so let's, yeah we're gonna skip forward a little bit here i think this is a little bit out of order but um they go to a, a seance at the behest of um carswell's mother who seems to be kind of not an evil person a bit more sympathetic towards you know uh at least their cause at least maybe trying to get some closure on the friend's death so yeah. invites him to a seance and yeah it, it's these two so they have a a medium there but then also carswell and another older lady friend of hers um 
are out there, and I guess to summon the spirits, they start singing this old, like, British folk song, Cherry Ripe, Cherry Ripe, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be funny, and it kind of is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, was it, it felt a little bit out of place, it was so random, I was like, what? Because before then, it seemed like everything was kind of, like, you know, atmospheric and kind of spooky, yeah. and then they're just like, Cherry Ripe, like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. But I think it's supposed to be, like, but especially because it's, it's supposed to be a seance and, like, a medium and stuff, where it's like, okay, this is, like, one of the things, because, like, the spiritualist movement from kind of, like, the late Victorian era kind of into the early 20th century was pretty fucking big in America and Britain, and, like, it was surprisingly large, especially amongst, like, the upper classes, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, of course you'd go do a sense, but I think by the time the 50s rolled around, it's like, they would definitely gone out of fashion, and, you know, also because, like, it was one of the only, like, religious, it was, like, it was a religious movement, it made incredibly explicit claims of the supernatural, of afterlife, of all these things that were also very very thoroughly debunked yeah. <laughs> and which is also partially what led to the kind of the decline of the movement where it's like you know houdini kind of really went out of his way to go after um mediums who would claim to speak to the dead and you know partially because like yeah you guys are taking advantage of people who are grieving this is this yeah, is always, horrible yeah i've always found that that stuff kind of messed up where it's like oh i'm a psychic and i'll tell you what your dead grandma's saying is saying right now, but uh, that'll be 200 bucks, you know? And then those, like, TV mediums, like, where they're, like, claiming they're, like, talking to dead husbands of old ladies. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That like, stuff is super predatory. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like, okay, yeah, so you can definitely say why that went out of fashion. So at this point, it's like, okay, we're going to this place, doing this, like, kind of hokey-ass thing that's kind of already been disproven. But, so the medium, though, he's kind of this, like, older British guy, but... He kind of, they start to kind of like every he has takes on a number of different spirits, um, channels a number of different spirits uh, during this seance, and basically just involves him like doing different voices. Yeah. Um, and so there's one where he starts doing is like, oh, it's Mr. McGregor. He always shows up here. It's like, oh, how do you do? You know, it's like he starts doing like now, you know me. I like to do you know. I think it's very fine to make mercilessly make fun of any sort of white ethnicity you've heard me do it with yeah. italians all the time that being said you you are addicted to italian jokes <laughs> i like... mean I, I gotta branch out i gotta branch out and start making fun of my own people and just talking about how the irish are a bunch of degenerate drunks um, <laughs> <laughs> whose country is just a tax shelter for tech companies but, but what about like irish slavery <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Irish are the first slaves. Boston was Irish Israel. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, so, back to what I was saying here. So, this guy doing... Now, I think it's mostly fine. This guy doing Mr. McGregor in the Scottish accent should be considered a hate crime against the Scots. <laughs> because he was laying it on so fucking thick. <laughs> but then they kind of go through a couple different voices, and then it kind of gets a little bit weird where it's like, oh, whoa. There's one where it's like, it's a little girl's voice coming out of his mouth, and it's like, oh, okay, this is actually like kind of, even though it's just lip syncing, it's like, okay, this is kind of a good effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually it gets to um, 
was it the dead Professor Harrington? And Joanna's like, oh, that's my uncle. I recognize his voice. It's like, like no, they, he he's just doing it. It's just he's just throwing his voice. It's like it's not real. It's like, like it's no. voice impressions. Yeah, that's it's all like, it is. But it's like no, that's his voice. I recognize it. And it's like okay, come on. It's like after the little girl's voice, and then this one's like, come on, maybe there's something here, dude. But it's like or, or this, you know. You maybe open your mind a little bit to the possibility that some of this might be something, you know? It's like, okay. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be obstinate and stubborn. <laughs> so I think uh I forget exactly what happens well, I don't remember what happens next after this. They go to break into Carswell's place. But I think before that they go visit the the one lead they have prior to this about the death is uh this guy named Hobart who is a follower, a former follower of Carswell's, who is um, stuck, who is currently, like, in an insane asylum, because I think he he did attempted murder or something. I, I, I forget like what happened. they didn't really make that, that they clear. They did but they go and visit his family, who are basically a bunch of, like, British bumpkins who clearly believe in magic, and they act it. They're very poor, but... He has been chosen. He's been cursed. You know, they, they see he has the... Because he needs them to sign off for a release so they can hypnotize him. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The most scientific pursuit of the time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay, we're going to get a bunch of skeptics so we can... Like, us, the group of skeptics, parapsychologists, we're going to go hypnotize a guy. It's like, yeah, isn't that what you're trying to debunk? Never mind. Whatever. We're just going to go with it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do recovered memory shit on this guy. <laughs> we're going to go satanic panic Macmillan preschool shit and do recovered memory uh, hypnosis. Yeah, it's like it's definitely accurate and never backfires at all. Um, Absolutely not. Works 100% of the yeah. time. But they was a, the family sees the... Uh, oh, yeah, so this is the thing. I for, we forgot to mention... So, you know, as, you know, after his meeting in the British library with Carswell, he eventually discovers, oh, I've been slipped a piece of paper. It has a bunch of Nordic runes on it. Yeah. And it seems, and this paper, like, almost immediately flies out of his hands and it tries to escape from him and go into the fire, but it stopped and he's able to recover it. And it's like, okay, clearly, the, maybe there's, there's clearly some bad juju on this, but it's just the wind, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many signs. I think in my notes, I even have, like, he gets, like, chased by, like, the spooky orb, and then he's, like, still, it's, like, coincidence or oh, something. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's still, it, yeah, he, it's, it's till the very, very end that he finally <laughs> believes there might be something to this. Yeah. But, so, you know, they, the family sees the, uh, the paper, it's like, he has been chosen. He has been cursed. You know, like, yeah. I, okay, I'm doing an Irish accent, but they're fucking British. Um, <laughs> I can't not do it now. <laughs> He's been chosen. He's been cursed. Please take your car to my brother, to my uncle's mechanic. <laughs> we'll make sure to fix you up nice. <laughs> it's an Irish car bomb joke. Um, <laughs> the troubles will be happening in about 10 years. Oh, I... You know, I've always thought of Irish car bomb as a drink. I didn't know. No, it's no, like it's an a... actual thing because that's why it named got named after it because of the IRA planting car bombs in British officials' cars. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, just... no, it was like yeah, it's a real fucking thing. It was during the protracted paramilitary campaign from the late '60s until the '90s that the IRA took against the British forces who were occupying their lands. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know the historical background of it. I just had known that it's like a drink option at bars or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish car bomb. I didn't know it was based on an actual 
car bomb. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of drinks like that, never order a black and tan in Ireland. <laughs> okay, black and tan. Very tasty beer. It's like, oh, it's like half dark beer, half light beer. It's like, yeah. It's also the name of like a of British paramil of British paramilitary troops that were ordered to Ireland in the 1920s to put down, you know, the Irish, you know, rebellion, and uh, basically did a shit ton of war crimes while they were there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, never order one of those if you go to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you maybe you go to like a loyalist bar in Northern Ireland. It's like, yes, we love war crimes up here. <laughs> Big fan of war crimes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the South. <laughs> They're mongrels and savages. <laughs> um, so, okay, so skipping around after the seance, um, Joanna and uh, Dr. Holden decide they're going to go to Carswell's place. They're going to sneak in there and steal the book. You know, we're going to figure out what the fuck these runes are and what's going on with this. And so Dr. Holden sneaks into his, uh, sneaks into Carswell's uh into his study and leopard attack leopard attack yeah <laughs> so yeah like the small uh cat that um dr carswell has turns into a fucking leopard and starts uh attacking dr holden in which he gets to do play fighting with a stuffed leopard um in the dark uh, it seemed like did he it seemed like it just like mildly ripped a few of his clothes but like i don't think he even got injured by it no which is why he's able to justify that it's like oh well uh it was just dark and the cat was attacking me i guess yeah. so it's like yeah and it kind of rips his sleeve a bit but it's like never not too bad yeah, yeah you would have to like to get him to not be a skeptic you'd have to like literally lower him into actual hell and have satan sit in front of him and explicitly prove himself to him yeah right and then he still might not believe him. Yeah, right? It's like, no, it's like, yeah, this is my DMT trip. It's like, <laughs> oh, these are the, oh, these are some pills I took on the last flight I was on. Or yeah, right. That's <laughs> why I had to cut down. Because <laughs> I kept seeing the fucking Satan everywhere I was going. Yeah, yeah. I was also strangely having to be, I was also suddenly being revived by people at the last second, having, like, having a defibrillator on my chest. I don't know. It must be a coincidence, though. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, but so he, um, he, so they talked with, uh, so Cars was like, oh, you must have met my attack cat. You know, it's like, and yeah, eventually he, he leaves in shame after breaking to his house. He goes through the woods and yeah, it talks about what you were seeing before. Or he sees what you were talking about before. Uh, a strange, like, smoky orb going through the going through the brush and it, it just freaks him out he starts running and running and there's, there's that crazy sound you know there's literally no way to explain that there's no physical way to explain that and he still keeps being skeptical it was swamp gas it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so yeah eventually it's like okay enough's enough it's uh yeah that's right they meet yeah so okay he still does it it's like no it's it still can't be it so then uh, they go back with him and his uh, brown-faced colleagues and his uh, Irish stereotype uh, other colleague. Um, they find the guy Hobart. They hypnotize him. And so he starts talking to them and talks about, like, you know, he had been chosen. You know, he had this runic part. You know, he'd been chosen to die. He had this runic parchment given to him without his knowledge. So that's the big thing. It has to be slipped to you without you knowing it. Mm. And, and so... You know, he, you know, and then 
Dr. Holden shows him, oh, you made a runic parchment like this one. Hobart freaks the fuck out, thinks he's trying to, you know, Holden's trying to pass it to him, and jumps out the window, killing himself. Yep. So then at this point, um, they figure out that, oh, Carswell's going to be taking a train down to some other city, and, uh, okay, he's also kidnapped and hypnotized Joanna. All right, because all of a sudden now hypnotism is starting to play a very big role in this because, you know, we need reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, so, and also, I think we've also neglected to say this in the earlier on, Carswell, when he first meets with Carswell at his house, he tells him, you know, you're going to die in three days. You know, it's so, you know, that's, you know, it's like, yeah, you if you don't cease your investigation, you're going to die in three days. Yeah. And so they realize, okay, the third day is coming. You know, more and more coincidences, you know, a lot of coincidences have been happening. And, you know, Holden's starting to kind of lose his marbles a bit. Now he's find out that, yeah, Joanna's been kidnapped. So they got to go find him. So they're able to get, they're able to get to the train station, the next train stop and get on the train with Carswell. And it, they've, Holden's trying to like sneak the parchment to, uh, Carswell in any variety of ways it's like yeah. and he's trying to get off the train too now that he's like oh shit I've kind of been had here so let me just get out of here uh, because who knows if I'm on the train with him at his time of death it's supposed to be like 10 o'clock on this day he's gonna die and it's getting closer and closer to the time it's like I need to get out of this train because maybe the train's gonna derail or something bad's gonna happen but I gotta get the fuck out of here yeah and so yeah he keeps trying to slip it to him it keeps not happening finally finally he's able to slip it to him and you know he without him realizing it i think he hands him back his ticket or something as like the police are escorting him off or you know if something happens along those lines yeah you know, and he was it so he finally like realizes so he has it it flies out of his hands it goes down the train tracks and then you know suddenly you know the demon appears again and it's like it's huge it's horrible it's like the the, the effects are fucking awesome it has a flaming sword it's yeah. like yeah this thing is like this is a fucking metal ass demon <laughs> yeah that demon is super cool looking like it's... it belongs on like like the like the back of a slayer album or something yeah it's it, it i wonder if any like metal bands have like used that have demon. actually used for it yeah honestly like i'd be surprised if they didn't yeah i mean well i mean i know a lot of them like to use footage from that old silent film Haxon. um because, well, it's a silent film, and so it's public domain, so you can really, really easily use the devil from that movie. Yeah, um, yeah but this one, it'd be like, okay, no, 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 someone's got to at least pay the licensing fee to use it for a music video. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they finally, yeah, Carswell finally meets his end, and, uh, yeah, the police conclude that, well, geez, he must have been hit by a train. Well, I mean, he did die on train tracks. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And like, okay, yeah, we'll never, yeah, it's like, and then was it holden finally decides like i'm not gonna go inspect the body all right i'm just gonna assume a demon may have killed him yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the movie and um i don't really have a whole lot more to say but but i just want to say i highly recommend this movie this, no, this is, is a great fun, movie this is a fun one i mean as, as much as we're like making fun of it and getting on it and, you know about stuff it's like yeah there are some like dated things within it and Okay, a little some certain small plot consist inconsistencies with it. Doesn't mean it's a bad movie though. Fuck yeah. no, this movie this movie rocked. <laughs> yeah, and it's not really fair to ask the f things in the 1950s to age well. It just wasn't the time. You know? I mean, it's like particularly Doctor Kumar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Besides him, everything's pretty legit in that movie, though. Yeah, for for the most part, yeah, it, uh. like it really is. I mean, if anything, at least like Joanna comes off as a, like a somewhat decent character. If anything, just because Holden's such a fucking dipshit. <laughs> yeah, Holden sucks. I, the only complaint about this movie is I wanted him to die the whole fucking. Movie. I know exactly. I want him to die and like, yeah. Can, can we have like the Carswell sequel? <laughs> yeah, just a sequel, just to make sure that that character dies. Yeah, can we can we do like, you know how like there's the shitty sequel to Sounds of the Lambs, Hannibal? Yeah. Uh, can we have that but for Carswell and have the movie equally suck? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's like a sequel to a 50s film. Yeah, it's like, Son of Night of the Demon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was always, like, Bride of or yeah. Oh, yeah, which, Son by or... the way, this film, in video nasty fashion, even though it's not nasty, had a second title, Curse of the Demon. Oh, that's right. Because in the United States, it was, uh, they did a slightly altered version of the film. They called it Curse of the Demon. They cut 10 minutes out of the film, and they put it on a, uh, for as the second billing for double features. Um... And I think they changed it supposedly because they were doing a um, filmed adaptation of uh, the Tennessee Williams play Night of the Iguana. And it's like, no, 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 no. These white people, they've never heard of iguanas before. Um, so they're going to confuse it with demons. They're going to confuse these very lethargic lizards that like always have like lettuce sticking out of their mouth for some fucking reason. Who just like have crickets just like hopping all over them in the cages? No, this thing it must be a fucking demon. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So I think uh that's been it. This this concludes Demon Palooza. Demon Palooza is over. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And until next time, stay nasty. Stay nasty. Turn out, turn out.